0: Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson.
1: got a great show today. We've got Mary Monahan, and she's founder and president of the Fearless Warrior Foundation. But what makes Mary more interesting, and this is something I think that many of our listeners can identify with, is that as a result of the pandemic, she found herself unemployed. And she luckily, she had a motto, be fearless, not reckless, that kind of helped her, gave her the strength to begin her new path. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Leah. It's such a pleasure. I'm so grateful
0: and thankful for you uh, sharing your space with me.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm just so interested because so over the last year, so many people. I know you had over, you had a lot of experience in the hospitality world, and that was your, you know, that's your world. And all of a sudden, that world's just gone away, and that's happened to so many people that. I think, you know, what was your first reaction when that happened? Yeah, I mean, it was so disruptive um, because,
0: obviously, um, I worked years in hospitality in the wine industry, and um, my, you know, world kind of got turned upside down. Um, What was marginally comfortable, but this was happening to other people. Um, Normally, if you're let go from a job or you're, you know, whatever path you change, um, normally, it's just happening to you, and there's a, there's a grief process that you go through when you change jobs, um, but this is happening on, you know, obviously a worldwide scale of cutbacks and things being closed, and our world is, needs to be within the confines of our home, um, which is, you know, we, we love to be home, but, uh, you know, the air quotes around that, but uh, we got really comfortable with being in the four walls of our, our uh, you know, wherever we dwell.
1: Well, you know, we're entering into a new age, the age of Aquarius. And I think that that's going to bring us, that's going to bring us some unity. That's going to be an age of more about me instead of the I. And I, I think that hopefully people will be able to gather strength from that. And that's one of the things I spent some time on your website, the Fearless Warrior Foundation. And one of the things I got a sense for was a sense of community. And I know that you've, you've lived all your life on Long Island. Um, your family's there, and your children are there, your mother's there. So that certainly must have given you a strong connection to that community.
0: Yes, I'm a lifelong uh, New York resident on Long Island. Um, and um, I, I am all about community service and being, uh, being part of a community. I was born and raised in a small town uh in Long Island, and I haven't left um I always looked to be a part of um a bigger picture um when my job ended, of course, me and the thousands of other New Yorkers who are looking for jobs um you know they're doing the you know you know applying for jobs and stuff like that um I felt um that I needed to find some way to keep myself um Kind of just from getting into a particular pattern every day of, all right, I'm going to apply for jobs. Doesn't seem like things things are going in the direction of finding work again. So I started volunteering. Um, I started a contactless door-side pickup of food donations. Um, we have over 300,000 people in New York that are food insecure. And that did not change. And it's just growing. With um, the economy changing. Um, so, people still want to give back to their community. So, I came up with the idea of well, let me just go get it and bring it to the pantry. Um, so, over 10,000 items later, six months later, uh, still going strong with that program. Um, neighbors do want to help neighbors.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's something, you know, that when times are hard, we all become more grateful for what we have. And I certainly have become more grateful for everything that I have. And it makes me want to give more to others. You know, I think it brings out, I think it brings out the best in us. We want to help everybody else.
0: Yeah. um, It's, you know, we're, you know, we we do want to help. um, And people are just trying to figure out how they do that. um, When we are encouraged to stay safe, um, to wear our masks. Um, I know for, you know, a long time, everybody, Got into this toilet paper hoarding, and I need to buy a can, you know, tuna. You know, at Costco was over, you know. And then we kind of got a little bit more comfortable with the new environment we're in, and like, what am I going to do with all this? And I think people began to clean out their pantries and say, "Hey, I'm going to go in a different direction with my diet." People were getting out in the summer, um, being more conscious of what they should be really um, focused on if they want to improve their health. So that. Um, that helped a lot with the um with the contactless pickup and so many people just honestly like i was just chit chat with people saying hey how you doing is there anything you need can i help in any way and people were really struggling with you know not having contact with people um a lot especially our elders um i just mentioned earlier i live with my mom um and um you know her senior center has been closed for a year now and um it's challenging for them. Um, I think both sides of the spectrum, not only our elders, but our, you know, our small little little ones, um, they need that connection to humans.
1: Oh, I think we all need that connection. And, you know, you could have done different things. I mean, your world around you shut down. You could have shut down. But there's a great quote. You don't over- overcome challenges by making them smaller, but by making yourself bigger. And that's John Maxwell, and it sounds like that's what you did—is you just made yourself bigger.
0: Yeah, and it really started from like this one, one class I took, this yoga class. I've always, um, you know, you know, been interested in yoga, and I'd taken a bunch of different exercise classes and stuff like that. And um, this was more of a restorative piece, and we were very fortunate. It was the summertime, so we're outside, you know, kind of like this. You know, almost like awkward. Like, all right, we're gonna gather everybody six feet apart with the mats, and um, it was really very mentally restorative. And um, the yogi had put us into um, the pigeon pose, where it's where your your uh, one leg is bent and your other leg is um, stretched back. And she's like, "If you're in pain, I encourage you to you know you know move out of that space. But if you're in discomfort, you need to breathe through that, and you need to kind of just Work, you know, work through it, and I, I got pretty triggered. I'm like, nobody wants to be uncomfortable, lady. This isn't why we're here, you know. I, I was annoyed. I'm like, we had a whole year. 2020 was a, a series of uncomfortable events. Settle into this uncomfortableness. I, mentally, I was just like, you know. And after a few minutes, I got more comfortable, and I kind of like identified. Like, we're gonna have to work through some stuff here um and that was really what started this journey of you know uncomfortable sets us kind of like in a um a visceral reaction i'm sure you can speak more to this um everybody has that go-to feeling of discomfort whether they lash out via angry or aggressive or they quiet themselves down sadness or crying we have this like inner world of thinking that we go to when we're in discomfort. And um, we see seen a lot of that, I think, in social media with people being irrational and, you know, argumentative and being a Karen of these people who just, you know, take the world on as social justice warriors, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just people just are a visceral reaction.
1: Well, and I think, you know, one of the questions that I hear a lot in, in, at the Brain Performance Center is because when, it's about resilience. When things are good, when everything is going our way, we're good, we're motivated, we're on top of our game, we're ready to make things happen. But when things aren't going good, as you know, around March, 2020, there wasn't much good going very many places, then it gets really, really hard. And we lose our motivation. And I can't tell you how many times I've been asked what part of the brain is in charge of motivation. Can you please turn that part on? And my answer to that is, you know, it motivation's a whole brain thing. It's not quite that easy, but where there's no will, there's no way. So, you know, it starts with having the will. And I think that that's, you definitely had the will from the very beginning, and I mean that—that's a, a compliment to you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean resiliency has definitely um, played a strong factor in my life. Um, you know, we, we, we—I was offered a very, you know, challenging, n- normal suburb, suburban life, but my my dad broke his neck in seven places when I was eight years old. Um, which was, you know, a very compromising um, medical event for my family. Um, but miraculously, he managed to work through paralysis and relearning how to walk, talk, eat, everything, um, to continue to make a, you know, um, you know, a life for my family. Um, and so, you know, kind of saw that in in my father. Like, you know, everyday choices had to um, rebuild him um so that was you know my and my grandparents are they're all immigrants um they came here with very little um much like we find a lot of you know what's happening you know now we're coming with very little and you have to kind of you know find your way um and find out you know the resiliency of how can i make myself and my family um stronger um so very fortunate to have those experiences we lost my dad unfortunately many years later um, you know, abruptly. Um, but I always felt like he, he really was very resilient to get over a tragic, you know, what could have been a tragic medical event for our family. Um, he, you know, he powered through and, 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 you know, reorchestrated his life.
1: Well, it sounds like, you know, you said you find your way. I think you found your why personally.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, our, our family's always been rooted in very in, in strong in service and family. Um, it wasn't really, you know, we didn't really understand how much community really was important until my my youngest brother got sick. Um, he, um, he was diagnosed at 40 um, with colon cancer, which is something that unfortunately is genetic within my family. And um, he didn't make the best choices to be proactive with it. And, you know, that was challenging for all of us. But um, you know, we rallied together as a family, um, and that's really where the origins of our foundation came from. It started as a finance campaign to help him with medical expenses, and he, you know, had a wife and children, and was working, doing, you know, living the American dream here, like everybody else was. And um, you yeah, know, that really, that really as a family. Um, and you know, unfortunately, his battle ended, um, and that's what we, we we always used to call him a warrior. That you know, it's. Uh, the, te- uh, the uh, motto and uh, came from, um, from from being a warrior. Uh, his high school mascot is the warrior. And um, you know, we always said, you know, just warrior on and uh, be fearless with everything you need to do.
1: Well, it sounds like what you did is you connected to your values. I mean, you connected the, the volunteering and the serving to, to what was important to you, your core values. And when you can do that, that's a game changer. Yeah, I mean,
0: what was really the biggest
1: game changer was really after he passed, we
0: really wanted to give back to the community that supported us. I so mean, we raised over fifty thousand dollars for him medical wise, um, and he 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 said to me, he's like, "Why would anybody want to give to me?" He's like, "You got to pay all this money back," and I'm like, I am not I don't know if that's possible, but we'll certainly try. Um, you know, and that was our way of saying we have to give back to the community that supported us, you know, for you know, for whatever, you know, whatever their choice of reasons of supporting us, you know, we developed the foundation into giving back um, specifically defined in the high school um, alma mater for my brother, youth that um, stands the same characteristics as my brother. Um, you know, he was a regular guy. You know, he wasn't the top academic guy. He wasn't the high school quarterback. He was just a good guy that did the right thing. Um, And uh, we look for those characteristics, the integrity and the kindness in the youth that's graduating. And we offer them a scholarship to say, please share your story about a time where it was really challenging for you to do the right thing, yet you decided that was the best path for you.
1: Wow, that's such a good point because sometimes we realize we're doing things for all the wrong reasons and you have to stop and ask yourself are you doing that task to get it done or to learn something new or are you just kind of shifting your way so trying to find your way out of it so that's a really good point
0: yeah and that really our our real turn of really beginning to like give back to the community and we do a number of things we we do lucky lotto day where we just go to a parking lot and we put lotto tickets on people's cars and we offer free coffee at Dunkin Donuts for people coming in working you know that really helped me manage the grief process which is such a stressful and and just a punch in your gut of just you know your core down to your core person you know deep inside of you there's this is person you know we all have a expected timeline, I think, with grief with our parents, you know. But when you lose your sibling, it, it's it's very disruptive, not only on the grief side, but it's like they're supposed to be here with us. So that was a way for our, you know me and my family to kind of keep his memory alive and to note the the most beautiful parts of his his existence here.
1: Well, what a fun thing. I love that. Lucky lottery. So if I got one of those tickets, if I was blessed and I got one of those tickets on my windshield, what did that mean? We just chose, you know, it was to have a, you know, we always put a card that says,
0: you know, this kindness is in memory of my brother and to have a lucky day. Um, Sometimes those little things that people encounter really do kind of pivot their mindset. Because everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of doing their thing, especially post-COVID. You know, you're kind of annoyed that the person in front of you at the coffee shop is taking too long. You're, you know, running the, you missed the garbage cans. You know, we're supposed to go out. And everybody had this kind of level of, you know, I got to get it done. Everyone's in a rush. And then sometimes, you know, it's nice to just kind of be like, hey, what's this ticket? Like, it's not it's not a parking ticket. Wait, it's a lot of ticket. You know, it's kind of like. You know, like this little motivation, kind of just to tweak your day to say, "Hey, you know what? There are, you know, good people out there, and there good things can happen to me, even though my day might not be going as planned." Um, and I think people, people need that. I mean, even more than ever, we've done it down at the dog park. We've handed out dog biscuits to the dogs. Um, it's just little reminders, like, "Hey, you know, my my day can can take a turn."
1: Well, you know what? And I honestly believe this people need three things. They need something to do, something to love, and something to look forward to. And, you know, when you go down and and you think, ooh, last time I was at the dog park, somebody brought my dog a, a biscuit. You know, just it's the little bitty things that people connect with. They don't remember how you make them feel. You know, they don't remember. They do remember how you make them feel. They don't remember what you said. They don't remember how you did it, but they do remember how you make them feel. And that's if you can make somebody laugh at themselves or take that ticket, you know, that lucky lotto ticket and run around waving it in the air and giggling and laughing. What a great thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you really do remember moments in your life. And sometimes it's just really that internal motivation. You know, like I said, you know, one morning I walked into the coffee shop and, you know, someone said, you know, Hey, this cup of coffee's, you know, on, on the person who just left. And you kind of look around, like, you know, like it's like, it's yeah, it's like, you know, it's like you're having a fairy godmother every once in a while <laughs> you kind of just remind people like, Hey, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing. Um, you know, I think that's important because I mean, people, um, you know, there's a transformation that happens. I think when people feel like there is generosity out there and I think it makes us stronger and we kind of think about our actions Like, hey, what can I do to make someone else's better? And it could be, you know what? You see an awesome woman with a great pair of shoes. Tell her, you know, hey, those are awesome shoes. Where'd you get them? Or just, they're awesome shoes. Um, Or your hair looks pretty today. People don't realize that the impact that they have and how strong it can be. Um, And I think that's most important now as we are, you know, coming out of this, you know, definitely stressful time, moving into a new environment, People, you know, really need to be more gentle with one another.
1: Well, and I think we all need to be more giving and more kind and even give ourselves some kindness and forgive yourself for some things that maybe haven't happened in the last year that you think absolutely should have. But Things have been different. And, and what I admire about what you're doing is that, you know, the word kindness resonates in everything that you say.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, we do try to make that um, a big part of our, our world here. Um, you know, w- what you, you started with our motto of be fearless, not reckless. You know, that's, you know, really you know, one of my biggest things is like sometimes when you say the word reckless. People think of putting yourself in a vulnerable position of skydiving or getting a tattoo or, you know, these kind of like, I have to be fearless. No, Marines are fearless. They're jumping off, you know, ships. I um, sometimes fearless is just, you know, ordering a new, you know, flavor of coffee um, or, you know, wearing two different color socks. Um, I did a funny social experiment just a few weeks ago. I wore two different colored shoes just to see what would happen. And, um you know I, I think oh people are totally gonna care and come up to me no one no <laughs> no one came up to me <laughs> it was fine uh, but I had a new perspective you know it's you know it's not that important when I put on my feet as long as I have something on my feet and I'm comfortable with it and like you said wow. earlier, it's self-care you need to be comfortable in your you know your world whatever you're comfortable in um kind of get out there and just let you shine
1: well you're right because it- You've got to number one, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. But take self-care is part of your day-to-day existence. And you know, people are like, Well, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Sometimes slower is better. You got you just have to stop and make the time. So let me ask you this. Did your fat family just rally around you with this, or was it other people? in the town or how did you pull your team together and who is your team
0: um yeah i mean it's mostly my my sons and my husband um you know and my niece and nephew and my sister-in-law are you know they're involved with um you know different pieces of it um but it's a big part of just working with um where the needs are in our community um i work with our local church um to find out what their needs are and as i see things that come up Um, you know, like I said, I work with my mom's senior center. Um, we're prepping now, um, for to help, um, provide Easter dinner for, um, you know, a bunch of families that aren't able to get out or still aren't comfortable enough to get out and shop and stuff like that. But I mean, um, most of our family, you know, events that are so really crucial to keep families together really have been so stressed and so, you know, limited because of, you know, COVID. So, you know, we, for Thanksgiving, we did the same thing. We had 15, 15 families that we delivered delivered a full Thanksgiving dinner to, and they were so incredibly grateful because um, their family wasn't able to join them or their family lives far away, or they just not up to cooking because of, you know, the situation that they had. And it really was nice to hear that they're like, I didn't you know someone cared today that's a huge success for us that like like someone thinks that they care about their well-being and that you know that motivates us the the kindness piece and just you know our community and to know that they can count on us um to help out wherever wherever help is needed
1: well do do you have a criteria that you apply or is it just as simple as Somebody needs some help, let's be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, with the initiatives that we have this year are food security for our local community. um, And then we offer an academic scholarship for our graduating seniors here. Um, but yeah, those are, those are two main initiatives. But as you know, we move forward into 2021, what we like to see happen with our foundation is to begin to help people with um, COVID expenses, or, um, you know, uh, colonoscopies, my, my brother perished from colon cancer. So the preventative screening cancers are down for all types of cancer, which is concerning for a lot of people because that preventative care, as you said earlier about self care, our preventative stuff that we do to catch things so early on is so important. Um, And um, a lot of that has really kind of, you know, put us in a vulnerable position with the other um, healthcare, um, you know, appointments that we do normally make, like, you know, dentist and cancer screenings and stuff like that. So we'd like to see, you know, um, you know, a, uh, you know, a revisit of people reminding people that, We can be safe and we can still do all of our preventative stuff um, to, um, you know, to keep us healthy.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I noticed, I was, you mentioned the Easter Sunday and I was on your website and I noticed that on your website that people can donate food via Amazon. That makes it so incredibly easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great, I mean, Amazon is a wonderful tool. I mean, and we have so many new tools now, the Zooms and the Amazon, and people are so much more comfortable now um, with technology. I think um, it, that's been a real silver lining to a lot of um, what this new environment offers. Yeah, so a lot of the times people like, you know, I don't have an extra stuff. I just buy what I need, but I want to make a donation. And some people, you know, everybody has their, um, you know, their, their comfort level some people like to give cash some people like to give, you know give food they'll drop it off there's a bin in my porch here um, we welcome people you know to drop off there but yeah amazon set up i set up a wish list um, so that's specifically for our easter drive um, so you know you can put together if you feel like donating five dollar bunch of muffins or you you know five hundred dollars worth of of uh you know groceries it's it's easy way. It gets delivered right to us, and then you'll you'll see us coming up on the website or on my social media putting together all the bags uh, of food for um, those families that we're going to support. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed with the technology. Who knew we
1: could be so comfortable
0: with you know Zooms?
1: <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's amazing because um, we, last week I spent some time at United We Kindness Day, put together <laughs> with the Together We Thrive, and. The 18-wheelers pulled out. You know, we had to get the pallets off. We had to unpa- get them open. Packing those bags, that was a tremendous amount of work. And to think about using Amazon, um, that makes it so easy for everybody. And, you know, I also noticed you've got some pretty cool technology stuff going on there that, that pe- people can use PayPal to if they want to donate. So, I mean, I think that you're doing a great job of making it easy for people because you know and I know the easier that we make it for other people, the more that we'll do. And you guys have got a lot going on. We're going to take a break in just a, a few seconds. And when we do, you know, I, I want to come back and, and learn more about what you go on, you've got going on. I mean, I know the mission. You're, I know you're devoted to providing financial assistance. And support opportunities to the different, to the local community. But, you know, you have a focus on the youth and with the scholarship and the acts of kindness. So you got a lot going on and you're very innovative with how you do it. When we come back from break, I know everybody wants to hear more. We'll be back after these messages.
0: From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman
1: on Denver. Did
0: you ever wonder who invented the snow shovel, most of us who live up north have spent a lot of time using this tool. No one really knows who started using it for snow, but according to live science, the first known shovels were discarded ox scapulas, or shoulder blades, which folks used to move soil and rocks 5,000 years ago. Most historians recognize Arthur Sicard as the inventor of the first practical snow blower in 1925. Of course, you can get pretty knackered shoveling the snow off your driveway. What's a word for the fear of hard work? Ponophobia. In 1923, two brothers from Norway constructed the first automobile-mounted snowplow. What's the word for the fear of snow? Kionophobia. It's
1: Words You never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your Words You Never Heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: We're back. Now here's your host. Lee Richardson.
1: So we're back and we're learning about all the different ways that the foundation uh, touches the local community, but it all had to start somewhere. So where did it start? Well, yeah, the
0: Phyllis Warrior Scholarship started um, the, the, uh, the year that my brother passed away. And it was one of the first things that we wanted to um, enact. Um, My brother was a graphic artist and our local high school, he painted uh, the Wantaw Warriors paint a mural that inspires everybody every day. So in his local community, he, you know, looked to inspire everybody, um, you know, every student that passes um, the main side of the building. So, you know, have two, three hundred kids a day, you know, inspired to be continue to be a warrior on whatever level they need. So ideally, it was just a natural progression to go to the high school to ask them. We like to give back. Um, he was, you know, a life filled with passion for graphics and family and community. Um, always did the right thing. Uh, so inspired by that warrior spirit, um, you know, we asked the 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 high school to create this scholarship for him.
1: We know it's interesting that he chose a visual because the brain responds differently to visual images than it does other images. And the brain places more importance on the visual images. And that, that the more you look at it, the more important it becomes. And so that to me, using that visual as a way to connect, because you said 200 kids walk past that every day, 200 kids look at that. And whether it's a vision board, I created a vision board for my business in 2021, and I look at it every day, and I get power from it. It makes me smile. So I think that was a great way for him. That was to kind of leave his legacy.
0: Yeah, we're just incredibly proud of um, that. I mean, he did that shortly after he left uh, high school. So it's been in the community for, you know, well over, you know, 15 years already um he uh he did graphics for soul cycle um so he was a very visual person um and um we always look you know it's kind of those moments um where you know we can promote ethics and integrity and in y- among young people and um you know we also find a lot of scholarships today and they are definitely warranted for the valedictorian the star athletes uh You know the most talented person in the pool of this academia but that really wasn't my my brother um so we chose to take a direction where we're looking for somebody who takes responsibility for their actions um someone who's there for the collective good um he wants to help those in need um and shows respect for everybody and chooses honesty which are challenging for you know when you're in a time of adolescence um that's a real challenge
1: Oh, absolutely. And particularly at that age, their whole world has shifted. I mean, for a lot of kids, they're not even still going to school every day. You know, they're doing it on Zoom meetings and they've lost that sense of community and they miss seeing their friends. And so keeping connected to that high school age group, I think is extremely important.
0: Yeah, and we found it very empowering of the, of the recipients that we um the applications come in, and we ask them to write an essay. Um, you know about a time that they chose to do, some, you know, the right thing. And there, it is very inspirational to have you know multiple applications come in and hear their stories. And we've been inspired by uh, you know a number of the recipients uh, to you know just to, to, we're just amazed that they have so, that those characteristics in that we reflected you know in my brother. Um, you know, I find like in this in this day and age. There's such a great sense of community amongst people um, who have similar, you know, experiences. Um, we we support um, the Colon Cancer Survivor Facebook page, um, and we offer inspiration there. We give out gifts, um, whether they're cooling cloths or fans or um, inspirational necklaces, once a month we go in there and we just ask people to, you know, respond back to our post. And um, there's so much gratitude there for the support amongst um, empathy and sympathy for those survivors. Um, It's such a challenging road. And um, sometimes it's just, like I said, just a little bit of kindness. Um, And um, they are so very grateful that someone is just thinking about them.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I saw on your website, a quote that just really opened my eyes, and every day, there are 1,440 minutes. That means we have 1,440 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. And what I, why I found that so interesting is because at the Brain Performance Center, we, do, we work a lot with positive psychology, but people come in with that negative psychology going on. And it's because every research shows that every day we have three times more positive events in our life than we do negative. But what does the brain hold on to? What does the brain remember? It's the negative, you know, we all remember is that guy that just cut us off and just right in front of us. We don't remember how nice the lady at the grocery store was or the person in front of us that held the door open for us. That's just the way the brain works. So, you know, framing it up the way that the quote does every day, 1,440 minutes, that means we have 1,440 opportunities to make a positive impact, but we have to, we always find what we're looking for, if we're looking for the negative, we're going to find it, and I think being aware of how much opportunity we have to look for the positive is very powerful, Absolutely. I completely, totally agree. And it's one of my favorite quotes.
0: I, when someone holds the door for me, I, I, I don't even say thank you. I say, I, I'm grateful that you're holding the door for me. I I, I, mean, I say thank you too. But um, yeah, I, 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 there are so many moments that you can, you know, choose. Like if someone's in a rush, I just let them go in front of me. Honestly, I don't even need to say anything. If you're, if you need that extra few minutes for whatever reason, you know, get, you, you, get, go on. It's okay. Um, I think we just need to be softer. I, I think there's a lot of like I think you mentioned earlier, kind of like this "I" like you know t- type of mentality, and it really needs to be more "me." But I think the extension of that is really more "we." But um, you know, I think sometimes it's it's, it's hard because as givers, you know, we we tend to give a lot, and, and you know, sometimes we need support, and that's like challenging because that's really one of the things my brother struggled with was wait a second and he would, he would give you the shirt off the back he, you know he he was a surf caster. he was a fisherman and it, during his services i can't tell you the number of people that came up to us and said oh he taught me how to fish he, uh, that's an amazing talent to teach someone how to fish is in, takes levels of patience you will. Ne- I will never know because I don't have a fish. I tried. And I, I agree with I that because
1: that that is a skill. That's not something that you just learn how to do. You know, it's interesting because when you talk about your brother, he's he he's in the present with you. I mean, it, it's amazing because sometimes the right here, the right now, is so powerful. And it sounds like that's where he is. Yeah, you know, you know we're not dwelling on a painful past. You're just finding joy in the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was one of the, the the pivots that I took from this time with grief. You know, I lost my dad when I was 24, and I got very just dist- rightfully so distracted. I had bought a new house. I became a new mother just a short months, few months after my dad passed, and I was threw myself into such so many distractions. Which finally caught up with me postpartum depression. Like I, I was, I was in a you know very challenging place, and I said, "Wow, okay." And, and I obviously I've moved through that that space and, and got to be a way better mental health space. But it, it took it took a lot. And while we were not prepared at all for my brother's journey, um, I you know after a period of a really strong grief, I said, "I have to handle this differently." Um, because I, I feel like it's, it's, it, it's, it's, I think we need to focus on taking that energy. Because I feel grief is love. It's love energy. The person is not here. You have their memories. And I feel like there's so much energy that you want to share. Um, and you, I have grief support with, with my sibling uh, sibling groups. Um, but there's so much, you know, so much energy. And you I think the more you share it, the more I share his life. Um, and speak about him, um, I'm able to move uh,
1: more productively through the grief process. Well, you know, you made a good point because you chose to find another way to work through that grief, and it's a choice. Some people will say, well, you know, I, I have to do this, or I must do this, or I should do this, and all that leaves you. You don't do it, so then, then you leave, leave with the feeling of shame and blame. You know, but you recognized it was your choice and you chose the power of choice to change your your situation.
0: Yeah, we have the ability every day. I think your everyday habits and what you choose to do every day really, you know, make the collective of your years go by. Um, And there's days, you know, I'm very sad. And there's days, I, you know, the grief really catches up to me. Um, But I have resources for that um, to kind of get me back, you know, not to a happier place but to a more stable you know grief path um because it doesn't really the path just changes you know we never um you know you know get over it um we just kind of you know work through it um and I think there's a a lot of grief right now I mean President Biden you know spoke I think with great empathy and sympathy you know recently as we you know we landmarked 500,000 deaths um with COVID but he speaks from he lost his wife, he lost his, his son. Um, he speaks with, you know, great um, empathy to we're, you know, weren't able in this current environment. We're not really able to mourn um, the way we normally do. Um, but that doesn't lessen um, the fact that these individuals are not here
1: um, and they, they need to be remembered. Well, and grief is we're all grieving right now. We're st- I'm still grieving for the normal. Yeah. I want the normal back. And even though I know that the normal is gone, that there, but there will be a new normal. So, okay, bring me the new normal, you know. But going through that grief process, we get angry, we get sad, we get mad, we get into denial. Then we go through it again. And it's something that really can be overwhelming. And for those that are out there that may, find themselves in that grief process, talk about it, whether it's someone in your church or a friend or a family member, get it out of your head and either talk about it or journal about it. Both are good ways. But you're right. Grief is something that doesn't matter if you're president, doesn't matter what your role is right now. We're all touched by it.
0: Yeah, and it's the grief of of not only our loved ones, but you know, loss of a job, like you said, loss of with the normal environment that we had. Um, you know, like there's so much loss of a pet. There's so many different pieces of loss. Um, that you know we grieve. I mean, divorce. You know, there's so many um things that happen. Um, that um you know it is challenging, and um it is very um. I found that like journaling definitely by far was very helpful for me writing um, even if it's just one word um, if, to find an outlet whether it's to talk to somebody a friend um, or to call a support line um, you definitely need to to get it out like you're you're absolutely a hundred percent to get out your feelings to kind of move through them um that's really I think one of the healthiest ways even if it's just a little bit at a time whatever you know you're comfort level is it's it's crucial to help you move through the process
1: well you know it it sounds like that your personal motivation is pretty high that you've learned how to push your own buttons from the inside out so to speak <laughs> have you have you had trouble getting other people to be as motivated um i think one of the biggest things that i've found
0: um with social media and with you know the foundation is that i think when people hear what's inside their head and they they really can really relate that relatability piece they're like oh my god i think this all the time once you find that one group or a person that can really resonate with you then you that that stress kind of just notches down like i think this all the time like i didn't know anybody else felt this way and i think when we have these moments in our lives where it's great um, you know, stresses. Um, I think that's, you know, where we find power. I find my ability to inspire people is, you know, and, and I, I'm very fortunate because I get people who either email me or come up to me at the supermarket, like, oh, I, I saw your post. Um, you know, I I I think that's great. You're so motivational. Um, because sometimes that's really all people you know, sometimes they just kind of want to be a voyeur in the situation when it comes to social media. Um, they kind of just want to know that, like, someone else is thinking the same things. Um, and that when they're ready to get on their path, they'll they'll use that as the motivation. And I think that's crucial.
1: Well, you know, and what I find is I get to tell people, find a meaningful metaphor. You know, find a metaphor that fuels you. I have I have the little engine that could. <laughs> Uh, as a client and that's a, a young man and you know or maybe it's not even that maybe you're just in your element but you know find a metaphor that resonates with you but and and that ties into affirmations if you if you don't think you can do something there's probably a pretty high probability that you won't do anything
0: yeah i mean absolutely and that's kind of like circling back to the motto of be fearless, not reckless, you know, don't be fearless and take off your mask and walk through the supermarket. But you know what, like find your comfort level and, you know, jump in where you can. You know, like I said, wear two different color socks, call up an old friend that you found their business card and see what they're doing. You know, just if you just tweak your day just a little bit, you'll realize that you can find comfort in a lot of different ways. Um, and help you really live more fearlessly. And once you're on that path to, to 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 change whatever you need inside of you, whether it's you know grief path or recovery from addiction or divorce or whatever your life has encountered, if you if you just change your perspective just slightly, you'll be able to get on to that path. I think um, a, a little bit more easily.
1: So I guess it's like the Nike slogan says, just do it. Absolutely. But, you know, I do think that sometimes action comes before motivation. So sometimes you simply just start doing something and then your motivation kicks in. Uh, I mean, I work out. I don't always look forward to it. But once I start, I'm in it. I'm in my groove. I got my mojo going. Yeah. And that could be like, you know, like, like,
0: like, that's so true. I mean, just kind of walk around your block. I mean, like, I drove a different way home the other day from my gym. and I was like, I don't think I ever saw this house before. Like, I don't, like, there's a bird's nest here now and this and this fell on the ground. What can we do to help that? Sometimes it's just really just the slightest different thing um, and it will get your attention. Um, and you know, it's, 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 you know, it is living fearless, driving home, a different way home from the grocery store. Um, I always say to my, my sons, I, I, I have young sons and I say, you know, to get to the local Seven Eleven, there's about 14 different ways to get there. None of them are wrong. Everybody has their way to go get their morning coffee. Um, everybody has their own path and you'll still get there. You'll still get your coffee and, um, it's okay. Everybody has their own path to their, to their, their goals.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, that, that makes me think about if you can find a way to link things to good feelings, let's say you're doing something that you really don't like to do, play your favorite song while you're doing it, you know, because if it's a song that can make you feel really good, it'll just kind of blot out the pain of of having to do the task.
0: Yeah, and we don't have to love everything we do. We don't have to be psyched to put the garbage cans out to the street, but those things that we do love will resonate more um, because when you're really in the mood to work out or you had a great workout, you know, or you finally, we get back, we've seen our loved ones or whatever it is that we really want to do, um, we know we've done the other things that we need to do um, and that's important too. Um, like I said, our, our, we love to just, you know, kind of kick back and relax and sit in Waikiki, you know, drinking mimosas. Um, we can't do that all the time. <laughs> That's why we have, you know, goals and drains to kind of carry us through. But there are needs, and you know, that we need to take care of every day. And you're right. I mean, put put the music on. Dance, and, you know, dance, you know, while you're, you know, scrubbing the bathtub. Um, you can make things definitely more enjoyable um, Just uh, just by tweaking your day.
1: Absolutely, and and I think that it all starts with just taking the time for gratefulness. Just you know, what a stop and realize what am I grateful for? I try every day to, take, to say three things that I'm grateful for, and I hate to say it, but there'll be days where it's the same thing that I said the day before, and I've decided that just means I'm really, really <laughs> grateful for those things. That's okay. What is it, it is. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be something grand or great. You know, you're thankful because you have two rescue dogs. Really, really, I really am. You know, they're they're fabulous. They bring me so much joy. They entertain me. Um, so if you're looking for that great that act of greatness to be grateful for, you're going to have a hard time finding it. Look what's right in front of you. What? Look at the little things. You know that make your everyday life better.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the most wonderful things my family did during the holiday season is we read a book called The Gratitude Jar and we took a simple mason jar and a bunch of post-it notes and every day one of us put something in um, that we were grateful for and um, that was from Thanksgiving to Christmas and on Christmas Day we read it and it was really an amazing thing because I mean, you know, my youngest son was grateful for his older brother's advice one day I was grateful I got to go to the gym and it really was very simple things it wasn't like you know it wasn't very complicated and it was nice to kind of hear everybody else's you know things that they were grateful for um, it's a really good um, family activity um, to get everybody um, in that space um, for, for being uh you know
1: grateful well you know it not everybody yearns to serve, but it, it sounds like that you took your life experience and you use that the way that you have addressed that is by serving others. Um, and have you is it your family? Is it your life experience? Where did you get this? I don't know what else to call it, but yearn to serve.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I think
0: I'm mostly on um, my grandfather um you know he said the best way to love one another is to serve one another um and that's really something that's really resonated with me since i'm very little um my grand uh, my grandma um lived with my aunt um and she used to make baby blankets for the local hospital um so my whole life has really been giving back um i'm in uh when i was in college many many years ago um you know I, I, I you know I was in a sorority that is philanthropic based um, so it seems to be this thread um, that kind of is um, always been there um, I feel that I, I'm very fortunate to be able to have um, that um, kind of in me um, and I'm always usually um, have a strong ability to be innovative with those solutions to Look outside the box. It was funny when I when we got. Towards well, I think, of you
1: know, that, that you and your. I think that you and your family have done uh, some really amazing things and that there's so much to be proud of. And the Fearless Warrior Foundation it, is something that inspires me because it's a way that, you know, whether it's just something as simple as food there's nothing nothing more simple than that. But there's nothing more rewarding than knowing how you're going to be able to feed your kids. You know, I think that that's something that it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be big. It can be very basic. You know, I encourage people to look at your website. The um, another thing that struck me on your website was something that I know is an Oprah Winfrey quote. You can either see yourself as a wave in the ocean or you can see yourself as the ocean. And that's a great way to reframe it. I mean, what a great, that provides inspiration to me. For those of us, we've got a couple of minutes left. For those of the, that are out there, if you just had one piece of advice to share with them, what would it be?
0: Um, What resonates me always is be fearless, not reckless. Um, try to uh, really engage in your life. We're here such a short time, you know, try to make an impact um, in the store uh, the short journey that we have here.
1: Well, and I think that's, those are good words, very good words. And it can all start with just a simple random act of kindness. And you talked about this, you know, you can buy the person behind just a cup of coffee at the Seven Eleven. You can stop And what we know when somebody's in a hurry, stop, go ahead. You know, and that for me, those little things make my day. It puts the biggest smile on my face and it warms my heart and it makes me want to go do something nice for somebody else. (laughs) And that's a great feeling to have. You know, Mary, I, I thank you so much for sharing your story, your family story, such a personal story and actually it's gonna serve as an inspiration to a lot of people. It certainly has me, and it's made me think about what I'm gonna do when I find myself in that I can't do it stage. I'm gonna be fearless, not reckless.
0: Well, thank you, Leah. It's been a pleasure. I'm so very grateful for the time and the conversation. Um,
1: I am very appreciative of it. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do. And enjoy your spring. I hope that thaws out up there in the north where you are.
0: On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play. Toginet, stitcher I Heart Radio,